0: Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, June 2nd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Sometimes farmers climb into giant grain bins to break up clumps or clogs. It's dangerous, and dozens of people get trapped each year. The best rule is is if you don't have to get into the bin, don't. In just a few minutes, we will report on some new technology that could help keep farmers safe. Calls for Missouri Governor Mike Parson to hold a special session are piling up. Lawmakers are citing several issues, including Medicaid funding, anti-abortion items, election reform, and the teaching of critical race theory. A spokesperson for Parson says the governor has not made any decision to call any special session at this point. Illinois lawmakers have approved a proposal to delay the state's 2022 primary election from mid-March to June 28th. Derek Cantu has more. Democrats who control the legislative process say they need to give more time for certain electoral regions, including county boards and congressional districts, an opportunity to use official 2020 census data for redistricting purposes. The data won't be released until August, but lawmakers already approved new legislative and judicial district maps last week using non-census data. Republican lawmakers, like Representative Ryan Spain of Peoria, took issue with a provision in the proposal that will allow other governmental bodies to either use census data or the older population information Democrats used. The mix of messages here is unbelievable, and it is all connected back to redistricting. The proposal also calls for permanently allowing curbside voting and vote-by-mail, promoting voter registration in high schools, and establishing all-access voter centers for next year's election. I'm Derek Cantu. A bill making it illegal for companies in Illinois to burn chemicals known as PFAS is awaiting Governor J.B. Pritzker's signature. Lawmakers passed that measure over the holiday weekend. PFAS are toxic chemicals linked to cancer and groundwater contaminants. They are found in some nonstick cookware, clothing, and firefighting foams. The Veolia Environmental Services Incinerator in Saget is authorized by the Defense Department to dispose of PFAS. A spokesperson for the company told St. Louis Public Radio earlier this year that it does not have contracts to dispose of the chemicals and will not voluntarily take items that contain them. Environmentalists have been calling for a ban on burning those chemicals as an additional safeguard for many communities in the Metro East. Our Eric Schmidt has reported on PFAS, and those stories are on the website stlpr.org. Children returning to camps, rec centers, and summer school programs this year will have easier access to meals. St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney reports. Without heading to school every day, low-income kids lose a place to easily grab breakfast and lunch. When the pandemic closed schools, districts started grab-and-go programs. But Christine Woody from Empower Missouri says last summer was more trial and error.
1: I mean, I'm optimistic that we'll do a much better job this year just because we'll have that experience and understanding of having to go through it already.
0: With camps and youth centers reopening, it'll be easier for nutrition programs to get ham sandwiches in kids' hands. But organizers say it'll take good communication to tell families what is and isn't reopened yet. The expansion of some federal food aid programs will last through the summer. Demand for summer meals outpaces supply in most of Missouri. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio. Traffic stops and arrests resulting from those stops declined sharply in Missouri last year due in large part to the pandemic, but black motorists were still far more likely to be pulled over and arrested. The Missouri Attorney General released the annual report on traffic stops yesterday. It shows black motorists were roughly 70 percent more likely to be pulled over than white drivers during the 2020 calendar year. They were also 25 percent more likely to be arrested The state says in 2019, black drivers were 95 percent more likely to be pulled over and 36 percent more likely to be arrested. Farmers have to do a dangerous task a few times every year, go inside large grain bins to take care of the harvest. A Purdue University study shows more than 30 became trapped in U.S. silos last year. As Melissa Rosales reports, a new robot could keep farmers safe.
1: When a grain bin is almost empty, farmers strap on a harness and climb inside the metal silo that could be as big as a football field. The only light coming in is from a small hatch at the top. It's dark, dusty, and loud. Farmers are shin-deep in grain while sweeping and shoveling crops into a spinning auger. I kind of compare it to shoveling deep snow off of your sidewalk, but you're also racing somebody, and it's also over 100 degrees and dusty and dirty. It's pretty hard work. That's Zach Honeycutt, a farmer near Giltner in south-central Nebraska. He says he ventures inside the dangerous environment a few times a year, and it's not a lot of fun. One day, after cleaning out a grain bin, he caught up with Chad Johnson, while playing music at church in Aurora. Johnson's son had just gone off to college and built a robot for a Chicago startup. Honeycutt had an idea. I told him that I need you to to build me a robot so I never have to go in a grain bin again. He was half joking, but about three years later, Johnson, his son Ben, and Zane Zenz, Ben's best friend, took on the challenge and built what they named the Grain Weevil. It's about the size of a small coffee table with blue spinning plastic augers at the bottom that help move grain. They use a remote control from the outside to move it around. Ben says the robot scurries through the grain to level it, breaks up crusts, and does inspections. Neither of them are farmers, but Johnson says they rely on them to understand their work and how important grain bin safety is.
0: We've probably met with nearly 500 farmers now in the last year and a half as we're going through this process of of learning how to build a robot to meet their needs.
1: Dan Neenan, director for the Iowa-based National Education for Ag Safety, says farmers need tools that let them do their job without getting into a bin.
0: The best rule is, is if you don't have to get into the bin, don't.
1: The organization also trains fire departments for grain bin rescues. Neenan says the grain weevil makes a lot of sense because farmers use augers, which can be deadly. He sees great potential for the robot.
0: Inventions like that, people taking a look at what the problem is, what's causing the injury and what's causing the fatality. And if we can engineer ways to be able to stop that, it really makes the world a whole lot safer.
1: Johnson says the grain weevil could be in the market in five years and could cost up to $4,000. Ninan says that's less expensive than a fine from the U.S. Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health for a grain bin safety violation. He says if farmers can see the value in the robot, they'll buy it. Their goal is for Zane Zentz to completely automate the robot through a phone app.
0: A farmer can just go drop the robot in the bin and never think about it again. Let it run, do all of its work for the farmer and they can drive away and work on whatever else they need to work on for the day.
1: There's another reason why Zach Honeycutt has a special interest in grain bin safety. When he was a kid, his grandpa's youngest brother died in a grain bin. Honeycutt knows a lot of farmers that have been in grain bin accidents, including one who lost several toes while cleaning a silo. He says if there was a way to take the human element out and not put farmers' health and lives at risk, grain weevil could be a great solution looking down the road to think that my kids might never have to go in a grain bin and they'll be able to manage the grains as effectively or better as we do now. That's a really, really exciting future to look at. Honeycutt says he can't wait for all farmers to have access to the robot so they can improve the quality of their work and lives. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Melissa Rosales.
0: Harvest Public Media reports on agricultural issues in collaboration with St. Louis Public Radio and other public media stations throughout the Midwest. More at harvestpublicmedia.org. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway.